Good afternoon and happy new year. Thank you for tuning in to Prophet to the Nation Automobiles Podcast. I hope that your day is going great. It is rainy here outside of DC area. Um, the DMV, which we call it, was DC, Maryland, Virginia. Every time I say DMV, for those who are not familiar with that, they're like, uh, Department of Motor Vehicle? Like, no. <laughs> It's D.C., Maryland, Virginia. That's what we call it, the DMV. And reason why is because we all sit close together. They're all connected almost together, just about. So it's called the DMV. But it's rainy here, and I'm blessed to see another January. Um, in another January, a new year, 2021, and God is good. For the last couple of days and hours, I have been up. I have been praying. And the Lord had put on my heart to do profit, um, to put out some information about profits. I do recognize that there are certain um, leaders and churches or whatever you want to call it. Um, they do not believe in this type of ministry exists today and so forth and so forth. And I do realize there are some people that had bad experiences with false prophets. Um and with that being said, I would, you know, the Bible tells us to test the spirit, try the spirit and see if it's of God. Um, there's going to be many times you run into things that are not of God that seem like it is God, but it's not. And you have bad experiences, but doesn't mean that you just, you know, cancel out everything, everyone and, and everything. Uh, just try the spirit, look at the fruit and see if it lines up with God. And, and if the spirit of God is there, then you you realize that it's God. Um, also, I want to share this because this is what I'm called in. I, I recognize that this, um, the God had a gift on my life, had a calling on my life. Um, when I was five years old, I would have some supernatural things happen to me that I just couldn't, you know, the, the adults around me, they couldn't get it. They didn't understand, but I, I recognize and I, I started developing my relationship with God when I was five years old. And also the enemy recognized that there was something, uh, of my life at that particular time too and from that point on when I noticed when I was five years old that's when the enemy had start plotting to try to destroy me along the way um when you I want to say this when you have children and you could be as young as five years old or whatever with children when you recognize when children recognize or the parents recognize that there is a call on their life and God's hand is upon their children uh they should do everything they can to protect that calling and to help them grow and walk into what God has for them. Unfortunately, I didn't have that. Um, unfortunately, I had very, the enemy tried to destroy me with child abuse, sexual abuse. The biggest thing was abuse, period. Um, any form of abuse, verbal abuse, sexual abuse, child abuse. It happened as soon as I recognized who God was at five years old. From that point on, um, the enemy has tried to destroy me. Um, and my parents, they were young. They didn't, they didn't, you know, only what saved me, God placed me with my grandparents. And that's when I grew closer to the Lord and got to see the things of God and got to know who Jesus was through them. So, um, it's such a time as this later on in my life. Um, I would, you know, have develop, you know, a relationship with God and, and, and answer my calling. Um, it has not been easy. Um, I knew that my calling, you know, whatever God had for me was not like other people. Not, I'm not, not, when I say that, I'm not, I'm not above anybody. I'm a humble servant. I love servanthood. 
I'm humble, but I recognize my gift is a little heavy than, you know, maybe somebody else's. Um, I recognize that it's going to um, cost me some things, okay? I recognize that it's a lonely road, and I'm all right with that. I recognize there there won't be a lot of people that are going to be able to go with me where God has called me to go. So with this type of calling, um, it's a lot of, um, much is given, much is required. Um, comes a lot of things, a lot of sacrifices. Um, when you walk in this type of calling, um, you know, you, you just want to please God. It's, it's just like the best way I could explain it was some people recognized about me was, um, yeah, I'm a woman after God's own heart. And that's so true. There's been many times where I fell from grace. There's many a times that I've done things I'm not proud of, even being saved and as a minister, I'm not proud of. Um, but the warfare it, um, that comes up against me is very great. I recognize that. And I, and I pray that those who uh, know me or, or know those are in prophetic ministry that, that really, you know, take time out and, and pray for them because they really need it. I recognize that. Um, I'm very real. <laughs> I'm very humble. Um, you know, I just I just want to do the things of God and my spirit. And the reason why I want to share this today so you guys can get an understanding. There are very very there are many wounded prophets and prophetic people. Some when I went I remember one time I went to this um prophet training, I can conference out in Pennsylvania. And I remember the one of the prophet was saying some of the prophets are in mental institutions. Because churches didn't know how to handle, you know, mishandle them, um, wouldn't accept them and, and, and all kind of stuff. You know, they went through so much and which is and being in prophetic ministry is rejection is a big, I like to say a tattoo. It's only, it, no, it can't, it, once it's there, it don't go away. Like, I mean, rejection is a big thing dealing with prophetic ministry. Sometimes you can handle it. Sometimes you can't. And those times it's really getting to you, you just go to the Lord and, you know, have to cry out to the Lord with that. But um, I just for the last couple of weeks, I've been dealing with a lot of wounded people in this type of ministry. And once you get a false prophet out there, it doesn't help the real prophets either. <laughs> it makes it a little harder. But uh, greater is he that's in us than the one that's in the world. Amen. So I just want to share these teachings with you and I might pause it and chime in here and there. It's about, it's about 50 minutes. So if you're riding, you, you know, you can play this while you're riding or eating or just laying down, um, or, or whatever that you're doing, you can still, uh, listen. Um, I'm still getting used and trying to be comfortable to the podcast. Um, yeah, I still get a little nervous, but I'm here. <laughs> So I thank you guys for hanging out with me. I want to play this today, and I hope this blesses your life and answers a lot of your questions. This is just part one, so I might just come back and do another part two later on today and part three and try to get it summed up for you guys to listen. But please share it with other people. I'm not going to play a lot of commercial music on this podcast because there's so much information. So um, I got this teaching from John um, Eckhart. I don't know how to pronounce his last name. It's Einhardt, Einhardt. I'll put it up in the in the post. But his teachings, and I and I thank God that God revealed this to him, that anointed him to put this information out uh, um, for us. So I'm gonna play it here on the podcast today, so you guys can maybe get an understanding. Um, 
I want to go back and say I did post this on my ministry page that I do recognize that people don't believe in it. I do recognize that um, people will disagree. But what I ask for you is this to be re- be respectful of your comments when if when you don't agree, be respectful because I, I do recognize that a lot of people that fo- a lot of sheep, the people that follow my ministry, they're wounded. A lot of them have been wounded, deeply wounded, and uh, especially in the, in this type of ministry i i see a lot of people in this type of ministry that have been wounded to follow so please be mindful what you post and what you say um and just and if there's something that we miss help me get an understanding and there's something that you miss you know be respectful and get an understanding as well Uh, we don't have to bully each other i said this today i don't like bullies in in ministry i don't like people who carry that type of spirit um, I just, I just, I just like me talking about, it. I just can't stand it. I can't, I can't stand people who don't have love. I can't stand people who don't take time out to hear other people out, just cut people off and be disrespectful. I'm just, I just made it my mind. I, I, I see, I used to extend grace to these type of people, just give them chance after chance. I just can't no more. Uh, we're Jesus on their way back. I just can't. I just can't. We, we have very short time to try to get information out, to try, try to reach people, to try to restore people, to try deliver people try to share the gospel so we we just ain't got time for ignorance i just i just i just can't i just can't i just can't deal with that so um i just ask people you know if 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 i'm not your cup of tea just scroll on or move on um also uh the lord gave me this you know you you know people think i'm gonna play the podcast after this but people think if you you know bullying people intimidating people just because we're Christians, they think we could take all that. We ain't got to take that. We could put legal action against you if necessary. I totally believe in that. <laughs> I'm not a punk on that. Like, look, you're, you know, we should not, because people, what you say, there's death and life in the power of the tongue. And what you say, and people are on their breaking point or having a broken, a real serious broken moment, and you say the wrong thing, and they end their life, you know, that's, that's going to be a, the blood is going to be on you. So you, if you walk in being a bully, intimidating, or you're self-righteous, um, you need deliverance for real. You have to seek deliverance. We'll get into that another time, but I just want to put that out there because I get a lot of emails or inboxes when they disagree. They're just very ignorant and disrespectful. And I have been wounded also. I have experienced being wounded in the prophetic ministry and, um, you know, on the back burner, misunderstood and all that. He's going to talk about that in this podcast. So it's, we prophets, not only to be stern and we're, and we, you know, we're sensitive to the spirit. Oh man, it's just so much. I'm just going to get the information now. I just want to get it to you, but we're just, we just can't stand it. It just interrupts us. Like, oh my God, I can see myself. I just roll around like, oh my God, I just can't, you know, it just, oh jesus like we're our our temperament you know we were just different and we just can't stand a lot of ignorance and ungodliness we just can't we just can't tolerate it we give you know me now some folks they don't give chances but for me because i have the love of god and i I give people chance after chance after chance you know okay all right there let me just bring this to the attention like you gotta calm down you gotta self-control you know you should really should say that or, you know, seek the Lord out for this and that. And then it comes to a point like, look, bro, you just need a deliverance straight out. Either get a deliverance or you just got to move on. So, but anyways, I don't want to ramble on, but I just wanted to give that out there to you guys that, man, if you walk in that, 
you definitely you definitely need a deliverance okay so let's get this on and rolling guys i just want to i sped it up so you don't have to hear a lot of talking and i want to try to play it as much if you can hear this please give me a thumbs up please like whatever episode that i play and you really enjoy it please like the episode and please share it just helps this platform move up on the list so people be able to find me so i'm just crawling up the total the totem poles so to speak okay here we go let's play this here uh this book prophet arise has been a book that not only uh, has, has, has stirred people around the world and there may be many of you who are watching this particular teaching you've ordered this particular book and uh it has just blessed me because it has opened my eyes as i wrote it and opened so many others the eyes of so many people of what it means to be a prophet or what it means to be prophetic and of course uh, many of you may be viewing this saying well i'm not a prophet i don't pretend to be a prophet and uh, i want to re- want you to know that even though you may not be a prophet uh, you're still called to be prophetic or you're called to be a prophet to some degree the question is often asked, is everyone a prophet? And of course, according to the, uh, the teachings of the, of the New Covenant, especially the book of 1 Corinthians, all are not prophets. We know in Ephesians chapter 4, he gave some apostles and some prophets. So we're not trying to make everyone a fivefold ministry prophet. But we are saying that everyone can be a prophet in the, in the sense that you can be prophetic. I want to make that perfectly clear. I'm not trying to advocate everyone get a title, run around, claim to be a prophet, but everyone should be a prophet. And I take that from the word of God uh, in the book of Numbers. And this will be our foundational scripture uh, for this particular teaching. Numbers chapter 11 and verse 29 says this. And Moses said unto him, you're speaking to Joshua, envious thou for my sake, would would God that all the Lord's people were prophets and that the Lord would put his spirit upon them. Notice the words of Moses. I would that all of God's people were prophets and that God would put his spirit upon them. We know in the book of Acts chapter two, on the day of Pentecost, the spirit of God did come upon the 120 in the upper room. And there was a great outpouring of the spirit of God in the last days. The word of the Lord through Joel, the prophet said that in the last days, I pour my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your servants and handmaidens shall prophesy. So it says the old men shall dream dreams, the, the young men shall see visions. So basically what it's telling us is that when, when the spirit of God comes upon your life, you're baptized into a prophetic realm, prophesying, sons and daughters, servants and handmaidens, the dream realm, the visionary realm. There is a there is an entrance into the prophetic realm. Often Pentecostals and charismatics have emphasized speaking in tongues, but really speaking in tongues is a form of inspired utterance. In another language, whereby prophecy is simply inspired utterance in your known language. So, so I conclude that everyone is a prophet and everyone is not a prophet. So it's, it seems like it's a contradiction, but again, I want to emphasize that everyone should be prophetic. So this teaching, when I, when I wrote this book, Prophet Arise, um, I was not just calling prophets to arise or those who felt they were prophets to arise. I was really calling on every believer. Every pastor, evangelist, apostle, teacher, every deacon, every believer to be spirit filled and to be a prophet in the sense that you are prophetic, that you have the characteristics of a prophet. It's the same as evangelism. All of us are not evangelists, but all of us are evangelists. Everyone is not a fivefold ministry evangelist, but everyone is called to evangelize. 
everyone should be an evangelist, which means you have the characteristics of an evangelist. You win the loss. And so it's similar to the prophetic. Everyone is not a prophet, fivefold ministry prophet. It's a different level of anointing, but everyone is a prophet in the sense that you can hear God's voice, you can speak for God, and you can have the characteristics of a prophet. And so we're going to talk about what are the characteristics of prophets? What do they do? What what vexes them? What burdens them? What excites them? What stirs them? What, what is the mentality of a prophet? How do you know if you're a prophet? How do you know if you're a prophetic? And when I teach this, people really begin to understand this is why I am the way I am. Because often when you're when you're very prophetic or you're a prophet, you're different. You're sometimes you're called extreme. Sometimes you, you're called crazy. Sometimes you may think you're crazy, but you're not. Uh, it's just it's just a spiritual uh, DNA, a spiritual deposit that God has placed within you uh, that makes you a prophet or makes you prophetic, that gives you certain desires. Uh, you have an unction, you have an anointing, uh, you feel certain things, you pick up certain things, you see certain things, you know certain things by the Spirit, and and it's very it's very strong in prophets, fivefold ministry prophets, but it should also be the characteristic of every prophetic believer. Every spirit-filled believer should have these same characteristics of, of a prophet, uh, to be passionate, to be full of zeal, to love justice, to love mercy, to love sacrifice, to love holiness, to love the plans and purposes of God. These are things that prophets are burdened with, to be visionary, to hear the voice of God, to be bold, to speak for God, to be courageous, to be loyal to the covenant of God, to be concerned and burdened with sin, rebellion, witchcraft, disobedience. These are are some of the characteristics of prophets. And when you study ministry uh, from the Bible, you'll find that there are more prophets in the Bible, that their ministries are, are highlighted in the Bible than any other ministry. In the New Covenant, we have we have apostles, but in the Old Covenant, primarily prophets from Abraham all the way through all of the through Moses, through Elijah, through Samuel, through David, through the prophets, Isaiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, Jeremiah, all these prophets. And then when you get into the New Testament, Jesus is the perfect prophet. He is called the prophet like unto Moses. And we know that Jesus is more than a prophet. We know that Christ is the, is the son of God. We believe that, but he's also called a prophet like unto Moses. And he is the perfect prophet that came to speak prophetically unto Israel. So when you study the prophets, you can study Elijah. You can study Ezekiel. You can study Daniel. You can study David. You can study Moses. You can study the different kinds of prophets, musical prophets, praying prophets, judgmental prophets, prophets of governmental prophets, different kinds of prophets. And there are female prophets in the Bible. Miriam is called a prophet. Deborah is called a prophet. And when you get to the New Testament, you also have prophets mentioned in the book of Acts. Agabus is, is called a prophet. Judas and Silas are called prophets. Even even uh, Saul or Paul and Barnabas are referred to as prophets in Acts chapter 13, verse number one. And so of all the ministries in the Bible, the ministry that is highlighted the most is the prophet's ministry. So when you really study ministry, you study the prophets more than anyone else because the prophet carries the heart of God. They carry the burden of God. They carry the passion of God. And every minister should have that, whether you're a pastor, teacher, evangelist, apostle, prophet, every minister should have a prophetic heart or dimension of the prophetic. So I want to encourage everyone who is viewing this not to limit prophets to just people who call themselves prophets or a few in the church who are prophets, but every believer being prophetic to some degree. This applies to everyone. So when I begin to talk about what prophets do, 
what are the characteristics of prophets, um, what, what, what vexes them, what grieves them, or what stirs them up, what do they love, what are they passionate about. You can really find this applicable to every believer that will be watching this teaching. And especially if you're a prophet, you'll see it very strong in your life. There are many prophets who are in caves. They're hiding. They've been hurt. They've been wounded. They've been bruised. They become discouraged. Sometimes churches don't believe in prophets or churches don't have a place for prophets. Uh, they believe in pastors and teachers and evangelists, and missionaries. But when it comes to apostles and prophets, many churches don't really teach this and there's no room for this. If you're a young emerging prophet and we find out that prophets are often called when they're very young, uh, we find the example of Samuel the prophet. Uh, we find the example of Jeremiah the prophet. Called at a young age. God often begins to deal with prophets at a very young age. They're very sensitive and discerning uh, toward the things of God. And but where, where do they fit in the church? Is there a place of training for them? Uh, do they do they feel comfortable? Is there an atmosphere in the church that is conducive to their growth and their advancement? Often it is not. And so many of them don't know how what they are. They don't know what they should be doing. They need training. They they need uh, mentoring. Uh, they need encouragement. They need to be taught. They need to be in a school or an atmosphere of the prophetic. Samuel was the one that elevated the prophetic ministry in Israel and developed the prophetic school to train emerging prophets. And we find many prophets birthed and came out of, of Samuel's school, is at his place at Ramah. And so that's needed today. And we're getting testimonies from around the world of people who've gotten this book, Prophet Arise. And they said, when I read this book, I wept. I cried. It finally explained to me who I am and why I am the way I am. I thought I was crazy. I thought I was extreme. I was depressed. I was discouraged. I suffered rejection. And this book really encouraged me. And that's really my purpose during, the, during this time, this series of teachings on Prophet Arise. The, the verse that I, I'm also emphasizing is Isaiah 60. It says, Arise, shine, for thy light has come. Isaiah 60, verse 1. And the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. And then it says, Darkness shall cover the earth. And gross darkness to people, but the, but the Lord's glory shall rise upon thee, and his light shall be seen upon thee. But that prophetic word was a word given to Israel that had been living in darkness, obscurity, because of sin, rebellion, broken covenant, bondage. And God is telling them to arise, shine, for the light has come. And, of course, the primary context of that is Jesus is the light. He came to restore Israel, to bring glory back to Israel, to save them, to save the elect, to save the remnant. Uh, to redeem them, and they would shine, and the light would come. And as a result, the darkness that covered the earth, they would look to this light. What it shows us is, is, is that a part of arising is when light comes. Arise, shine, for thy light has come. Light in Scripture is glory, it's revelation, it's understanding, it's knowledge. It's the opposite of ignorance and darkness. So many prophets are rising in this hour because they're getting knowledge and understanding and light concerning what it means to be a prophet. Um, they're, they're no longer in darkness. The, the Lord has taken away the ignorance of the prophetic ministry. We've had a lot of uh, prophetic ministries that have misrepresented God. We've had false prophetic ministries that have not accurately represented what a true prophet is. And many people really have never been taught about prophets, or they've been taught there are no more prophets, or you know, prophets are dead, and they really have never been taught on prophets. When was the last time you heard a message or a teaching in the local church for any period of time on prophets and prophecy. Jim, chances are, in 52 Sundays or 52 weeks of the year, if you hear one or two, you're blessed. Many churches don't even deal with this subject. But light is coming. 
and more knowledge is coming. God is using many ministers around the world to teach on this subject and give revelation and light. And as a result, the prophets are going to arise. The prophetic is arising. It's, 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 it's gaining influence in different regions of cities. And my, my purpose is that every city, every region would have a light understanding and revelation concerning prophets, prophetic people, prophetic churches, what it means to be prophetic. So we'll not walk in ignorance. We'll walk in darkness. And when you understand the blessing of this ministry, how prophets have been sent to bless us, there's a tremendous blessing that comes with prophets ministry. As a matter of fact, God says in uh, the word of the Lord says in the book of Matthew, if you receive a prophet, you receive a prophet's reward. So there's a reward. There's a blessing. There's a prosperity that comes with true prophets come and we accept their ministry. Their words bless us. Their words break through. Their words bring encouragement, blessing, release, deliverance, healing, miracles. We talked about that in our, in our prophetic school. And again, if you want to view that, there are 11, it's an 11 hour teaching on YouTube. You can go there and look at it at any time. This is the first series of a new teaching on prophets called Prophets Arise. I want to begin um, on really in chapter two of the book. And again, I'm ministering uh, from this book, Prophet Arise. And I'm encouraging you to get a copy to follow me. But uh, if you just look even in the in the table of contents, I have uh, a whole list of of characteristics of a prophet. How do you identify a prophet? Um, Jesus said, by their fruits, you shall know them. What are the fruits of a prophet? What are the characteristics? And let me say this before I read these characteristics. I have preached in over 80 nations on five continents in, in Africa, Asia, Europe, North America, South America, the islands, um, uh, Australia. Uh, I've been I've been to five continents and 80 nations. And I found this to be true. In every place I've gone, there are prophets. There are people that have the same kind of burden for their nation. And I found this out, even though every one of us are unique, we have different ministries, different callings. The prophets are the same wherever you go. The same thing grieves them. They have the same characteristics. In other words, prophets in Mexico would be similar to prophets in Canada or prophets in South Africa or prophets in, in the Netherlands or prophets in, in, in India or prophets in New Zealand or Australia. Prophetic people are very similar. They have the same characteristics. Again, we all have our unique personalities and we're unique in our gifts and mixtures and and different blends of gifting. No one should be a copy or clone of anyone else. But I found that the same thing stirs prophets, grieves them. They're burdened about the same things no matter where you go on the planet. No matter what state, what church you go into, prophets are similar. And there are thousands of them around the world, thousands of them in every nation. So you're not the only one. And you and, and don't feel like you're the only one. Remember what God told Elijah when he thought he was the only one left. God said, I've got 7,000 in Israel. That have not bowed to neither bell nor kissed his feet. What are the characteristics of a prophet? On page uh, 2021, 20, prophets are fiercely loyal to God and they love justice. And we're going to talk about that. We're going to develop that because justice is one of the major themes of prophets in the Bible. Righteousness in scripture in the old covenant, the translation is, is actually also called justice. Uh, Jesus talked about justice. Uh, prophets hate injustice. One of the things you hear from a prophet is it's just not right. It's not fair. Prophets love fairness. They love equity. They love justice. They hate injustice. They hate respective persons. They hate when the strong take advantage of the weak. They hate when the powerful 
take advantage of the weak. They hate when people are mistreated, taken advantage of, abused um, by others or people of more power. Prophets often spoke to the injustice of the nation. When you study the prophets uh, to Israel, uh, especially the prophet Amos, one of his major themes was injustice. The injustice of the rich over the poor, the injustice of the powerful over the weak, uh, the injustice of those who were at the top over those who didn't have as much, those who oppressed. Uh, prophets are very loyal to God. They have, they have a fierce loyalty to God. As a matter of fact, one of the, one of the characteristics of a true prophet is that they're more loyal to, to God's agenda than they are to man's agenda. They, they will suffer if they have to following God's agenda rather than following an agenda that's not God. One of the first things that I've, I've learned in being with prophets and being prophetic myself, myself is that prophets want to know God's purpose. What is God doing? What is God saying? What is God's agenda? Uh, if, if something is not of God, they will not be loyal to it. Sometimes prophets will get in trouble with their churches or their denominations because they, 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 they are not going to be loyal to stuff that is out of order. They're not going to be loyal to churches or leaders or, or people that are unjust, unrighteous. They're going to speak against it because their loyalty is to God and they're, 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 they're concerned about justice. Uh, number two, prophets are different. And that's one of the major things I want to emphasize. When you're a prophet, you think differently. You, you don't see things the same as everyone else. Uh, prophets are different. And sometimes one of the, one of the hardest things about being a prophet or being prophetic is that you just can't be like everyone else. God has not made you that way. And the reason why you're often different is not so you can just be different. We're not talking about being spooky, weird, flaky. We're talking about being different because sometimes things don't change and things cannot be shifted unless someone has a different position, a different view a different way. Prophets see things differently. And, and, and sometimes they suffer and are persecuted because of that. And they just can't be like everyone else. They, they may try to be like everyone else. They can't preach like everyone else. They did. They just can't. They, they preach differently. They say things differently. They see things differently. They, they sometimes go against the status quo. Um, you look at the prophets in the Bible, Jeremiah, Isaiah, Ezekiel, uh, Elijah, they were different from most of the people of their generation. They were sometimes alone because they were so different. They just could not go along with injustice, sin, rebellion, disobedience, witchcraft. They were different. They, they prayed differently. They walked differently. They lived differently. They saw things differently uh, because God makes prophets different. They have a different kind of grace and anointing. And if you want to be like everyone else and you want to, you want to just fit in with everyone else, you can't be a prophet. It just will not work for you. It doesn't mean that you have to be different on purpose. It just simply means that God has made you different and, and you have a different kind of DNA. Number three, prophets are seers. In the Bible, seers were called prophets, which simply means they saw people of vision, people of dreams, uh, people who see things, who know things in the spirit. Prophets have the ability to see things that others are not seen and sometimes wonder why I, why everyone else does not see what I see. That's one of the, sometimes the most frustrating thing about being a prophet is that you see things and you're wondering why everyone else doesn't see it because prophets are seers. They have discernment. God gives them great discernment. 
They're able to see what others can't see. They see things that are hiding. They see the works of the enemy. They see the works of darkness. They see when the enemy's trying to hide. They just know things. They see things. They're people of visions, dreams. Uh, they can see not only what is wrong, but they can also see when things are going right. I don't want you to think that prophets only see demons and sin and injustice. They also see when God is doing something. They see God's plans and God's agenda. Uh, in the Bible, prophets would sit on the watchtower. They would look. They were called seers. They were people that watched. And so we're going to, we're going to, we're going to amplify every one of these positions as we continue this series. Uh, number four, prophets ask the hard questions. Uh, prophets want to know why things are the way they are. Remember, uh, uh, Habakkuk, the prophet, he couldn't understand how God would use the Babylonians to come and judge Israel when the Babylonians were worse than Israel. And so, because he couldn't understand it, he asked God. He asked God a question. He couldn't understand, and God answered him. And so one of the things we know about prophets is prophets are very inquisitive concerning what God is doing when they don't understand. Why is this happening? Prophets are the type of people that when things are not going right in a nation, a church, a city, uh, they want to know why. When, when they want to know what's the answer here, what, what can we do to change this? They ask questions. They don't just settle and say, well, it must just be that way. Uh, I don't understand it. Prophets are people that ask God hard questions. God, why is this happening? God, I'm confused. What, what are you doing in this situation? What are you doing in this person's life? What are you doing in my life? What are you doing in the church? What are you doing in my nation? They ask questions. What can we do to change this? Uh, when the enemy's up, they want to know, God, what is the enemy doing? They ask questions. The next thing, prophets. Will always, this is interesting, uh, they want to know who has bewitched you. They hate witchcraft. They hate Jezebel. Jezebel is the worst enemy of a prophet. Remember, Jezebel was the one that wanted to kill all the prophets and wanted to kill Elijah. Jezebel represents control, manipulation, intimidation. Um, Paul said in Galatians chapter 3, who has bewitched you that you should not accept the truth? Who has put a spell on you? Prophets know when people are under the control of witchcraft, they're under spell, they're under control, they're under domination, they're being held back by something that's, that's ungodly, demonic. They want to know, where did this come from? Who has bewitched you? Why can't you obey the truth? Why can't you see this? Why are you being controlled? That's one of the major functions of the prophet, to identify witchcraft, sorcery, divination, intimidation, manipulation, uh, operating in ministries, operating in, in nations, operating in people, to identify that and to come against it and to war against it, and to pray against it, and to pull it down. Uh, prophets are used by God to release other people. I like this about the prophetic ministry. You, you find that one of the operations of prophets is to release people into their destiny. You find that Samuel was used by God to release David, release Saul as kings. Prophets often are, are ones that lay hands on people, prophesy over them, release them into their destinies, into their futures, uh, into what God has called them into. They have a strong releasing anointing, an anointing to activate and release people into their purposes. That's why I believe that we need prophets operating in churches because they have the ability, the grace of God. Apostles as well, other ministry gifts as well. We should all be prophetic, but especially prophets. They just, they have ability to see destinies in people, see purposes, not only see it, but speak it, identify it, uh, decree it, call it forth, and then to release it through the laying on of hands, through prophecy, to release people into their destinies. That's why I love being around prophets, because they can release you into the next phase of what God has called you into. Uh, prophets 
are inspired people. I love this. They, they're moved by inspiration. Proverbs are, are people of inspiration. Uh, they, they know when God inspires them to say something, to do something, uh, to, to, to operate in something level. They, they love to be around inspiration, especially worship, which really inspires a prophet. We want to talk about that, about the prophetic atmosphere. What stirs a prophet up? They speak by revelation. That's why when a prophet preaches, sometimes they'll leave all the notes they've written down. Because, you know, you can write down all the notes of where you're going. Then when you get to start preaching, God inspires you to go a different way. And, you, and you're wondering why, why God am I going a different way? Because God knows everyone in that congregation that needs to hear a certain word. And maybe what's in your notes is not what the people need at that particular time. You can come back to the note. I call it chasing the rabbit. It's like a rabbit comes out of a hole and God says, chase it. It, it begins to go here and go there and go there. And you'll find yourself dealing and ministering in different areas. By inspiration, when we prophesy, we prophesy by inspiration. When we sing, we sing by inspiration. It's the inspiration of the Spirit of God. So prophets by nature are inspired people. They love to be inspired. They love to be stirred up. They hate when there's no inspiration. They hate when there's no stirring. They hate when there's no move of the Spirit. They can't, they cannot abide dry, dead, traditional religion. They have to be around inspiration. They need to be around other people that inspire. They get inspired by other prophets, other prophetic people. Iron sharpens iron, and so inspiration is very important to a prophet. They love inspired preaching, teaching, singing, and worship. Uh, prophets uh, speak what some people do not want to hear, and that's one of the hard parts about being a prophet. Sometimes what they say is not popular. It's not what everyone else is saying. They say the things that God wants said but may not be good on your flesh. They speak against rebellion, disobedience, pride. They challenge you. They stretch you. They correct you. They can rebuke you. And they have to be bold enough to say it. We, we live in a day when everybody wants to hear sweet words, nice sermons. Uh, and prophets do encourage, they edify, they comfort. I don't want to give you the impression that all prophets do is speak hard words and rebuke and, and cast out. No, prophets are very, very inspirational, encouraging, edifying. But they also speak things sometimes that are hard. They speak things that people don't want to hear. And God has them to say those particular things. Uh, prophets are 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 as open about their own failures as they are, as they want others to be about themselves. Prophets are very transparent people. They, 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 because they see things the way God sees them, sometimes they're too hard on themselves. When they have failures and they have weaknesses, and remember, prophets are human. They're not, they're not, they're not infallible. When they make a mistake, sometimes they get very hard on themselves because they see things black and white. They see these are right or wrong. There's no gray area for a prophet. They see evil or righteousness. And sometimes when they make a mistake, they, they're very open about their mistakes. A true prophet will be open about their mistakes if they want you to be open about your mistakes. We don't want to see prophets that all they do is point the finger and they're perfect. They never make a mistake. And there's a level of maturity and perfection I believe you can walk in. I'm not saying you have to make a lot of mistakes. I'm not teaching that. But if they do make mistakes, they tend to get very hard on themselves and, and they tend to become depressed and discouraged over their own failures. This is one of the pitfalls of a prophet. They get very moody. They get very depressed, discouraged over their own failures or what they feel they're not doing. Because sometimes they're, 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 they can be hard on people, but then they can be hard on themselves. But we're all under the grace of God. We're all under the mercy of God. We're all under uh, forgiveness. So, so prophets, you need to sometimes understand mercy and favor and grace if you're really going to walk in the prophetic realm as well as judgment, righteousness, and holiness. Prophets tend to be intense. Uh, that's 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 an understatement. 
Prophets are not uh, lukewarm people. They tend to be very passionate. Uh, they, 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 they're very intense. Sometimes they're called extreme. And the reason why God made them that way is because the church should never lose its intensity. Sometimes the church becomes too lukewarm, too passive, and they lose their passion, their intensity. And prophets, they love intense praise, intense worship, intense prayer, intense preaching, passionate preaching. They love to be passionate about the things of God. They like either be hot or cold. Don't be lukewarm. They like people on fire. And sometimes they're very intense. And sometimes people look at a prophet and say, you know, you're just too intense. You're just too passionate. Calm down. And I'm not saying you should be on, you know, high octane intensity 24-7. There are times to rest. There are times to, to, to take a break. But prophets by nature are very intense people, very passionate people, because God has made them that way. Uh, prophets are, are tenacious in prayer. Oh, when a prophet prays, they pray with power, intensity. They're like a bulldog in prayer. When they get a hold of something, they will pray it through. They're one of the one of the things that prophets do is they pray. They do more than prophesy. They pray. They make great prayer warriors, great intercessors, great watchmen. Many of your intercessors, your strong intercessors in your churches are really prophets. That's a major part of the prophet's ministry uh, is to be intense in prayer. Because when prophets get a burden, uh, they tend to really hold on to it and really pray it through. Matter of fact, one of the first things that prophets will often do when they see something or they get a burden is not just speak it. They'll first begin to pray, and then God will give them strategies. God will give them direction. God will give them a word uh, through their prayer. Uh, prophets um, are contagious. I like this one. What I mean by that is prophets tend to make others prophetic. And we know that when Saul was ordained to be the first king of Israel by Samuel, God said, you're going to meet a company of prophets. This is in 1 Samuel chapter 10. And they're, they're going to meet them. They're going to be playing instruments. They're going to be prophesying. And you're going to prophesy with them and be turned into another man. So when you get around prophetic people or prophets, you tend to get an impartation and you tend to become prophetic. That's why I love being around prophets because prophets are contagious. Samuel developed a, a school of the prophets, a place where prophets would gather in Ramah. Uh, this is in 1 Samuel chapter 19. And even when Saul and the one sent from Saul came into that atmosphere, they fell down and prophesied. So prophets tend to make the church prophetic. And this is what is very important. Prophets are not called just to be prophets in the church. They're called to make the church prophetic. They're called to impart. They're called to transfer uh, the prophetic. So if you have real prophets in the church, there should be prophecy. There should be prophetic worship. There should be prophetic intercession. The church should have a, a prophetic flavor. The evangelist should be prophetic. The pastors should be prophetic. Teachers should be prophetic. The musicians should be prophetic. The singers should be prophetic because the prophets are contagious. You get around a prophet. You hang out with prophetic people. Sometimes prophets uh, contact me and say, I want to grow in my prophetic gift. What should I do? I say, well, you you got to get around some other prophetic people. If you're the only prophet in your region. You need to find a network or find a company or, or find a conference of prophetic people and start hanging out with them, singing with them, praying with them. Because this will stir you, you'll get an impartation, and this will help you develop your prophetic gifting. So prophets are are contagious. Uh, prophets are concerned about God's agenda, purposes, and plans. Now remember, Ecclesiastes chapter 3 says there's a purpose for everything, a season for everything under heaven. A time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to reap, a time to gain, a time to lose, 
a time to tear, a time to sow. Uh, uh, so prophets are the ones that are concerned about God's purposes. They want to know what is God doing? What, what, what time is it? Like the sons of Issachar, they want to know what should we be doing in this season? The prophets know that seasons change, times change, purposes are fulfilled, new purposes of birth. They don't want to go by man's agenda because there's a lot in the church, people of God, that is not God's agenda. It may sound good. It may look good. It may feel good, but it's not God's agenda. It's just something man came up with from the flesh. It may be something a church came up with, but prophets want to know what is God doing? What is God saying? What is the purpose of God? Is the church moving in this, in these purposes? Are we moving in these purposes? Am I moving in these purposes? Are you moving in the purpose of God? Are you wasting your life and time doing something that God never called you to do? It may be good. It may bless people, but is it really God's purpose and plan and agenda for your life? That's what consumes a prophet. And when, when the church is not moving or people are not moving in God's plan, purposes and agendas, it will grieve a true prophet because they're, they're loyal and they're, they're consumed with the plans and purposes of God. Uh, uh, prophets are great helpers. I love this because in, in the book of Ezra, uh, chapter 5 and chapter 6, it says that Haggai and Zechariah, the prophets, helped to rebuild this, the, the, the temple of Jerusalem. Prophets are great helpers. Um, the nature of a prophet is to help, to assist, to support, to bless. Uh, leaders do themselves a great disservice when they don't uh, allow prophets to be developed in their churches because prophets by nature are comforters, helpers. They edify, exhort, they comfort. They love to support. They love to help pastors. They love to help uh, other prophets. They love to help believers. They love to help apostles. They love to help build the church. They love to help build the worship, the praise, the preaching, the teaching, the singing. They're great helpers. They're tremendous helpers. I've been, I've been with prophets for 25 years, I, I know I know many prophets. We have prophets in our church. I flow prophetically, and they have been a great blessing to my life. They help me in prayer. They help me in preaching, teaching, encouragement. Prophets are tremendous helpers. You should never look as a prophet as a threat unless you're doing something wrong. The only ones that are afraid of prophets are evil people. Godly people should never be afraid of a prophet. Prophets are sent to bless, to heal, to help, and, and to assist. Prophets are focused on the heart. That's what a prophet is focused on, the heart. They, they love pure hearts. They want to know what is in your heart. They, they're not going by what you're doing. They're, they're, they're looking at your heart. God looks on the outward appearance. A man looks on the outward appearance. God looks at the heart. Prophets have that type of mentality. They want to know what's in your heart. They want to know are your motives pure? Is your heart pure? Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Prophets want to know your motivation, your, your heart condition. Are you humble? Do you have a humble heart? Are you meek? Are you holy? Are you pure? Or are you selfish, covetous, greedy, uh, controlling, manipulative, deceptive? What is in your heart? That is what a prophet looks at of the heart. Uh, prophets are tenderhearted. Uh, sometimes we think prophets are, are just hard, uh, and there is a toughness to the prophet. We're going to talk about that, a toughness a prophet has to have. Remember that Elijah walked about with a camel hair girdle. It represented the toughness of his calling. John had a, a girdle on. Of, of, of similar to Elijah, camel's hair. He ate locusts and wild honey. He was a man in the desert. He was a tough man because sometimes you have to be tough to, to challenge systems and things that are opposing the purposes of God. But prophets are also very tenderhearted. They weep. They cry. They're very sensitive to the things of God. They're not mean. They walk in love. 
They're very compassionate. And so these are just, these are some of the major uh, characteristics of a prophet. Let me go over uh, a few more. Uh, prophets have godly jealousy. They're very jealous over the things of God. They, they have a lot of zeal for God's purpose. They hate when God is misrepresented, when the things of God are misrepresented. They hate when, when God's name is not honored, when God's name is blasphemed. They're very jealous over God's name, God's honor, God's holiness, God's standard. They'll fight for it. They'll, they'll defend it. Remember, Jesus went into the temple and drove them out because he was jealous or zealous over the house of God. It was being mis, it was being misrepresented. It was being abused and he got angry because there's a, there's a godly jealousy over that comes in the heart of a prophet for the things of God. Uh, prophets are faithful. They're very loyal to the things of God. One thing about a prophet, uh, when, if everyone else leaves and walks away from God, a prophet won't. A prophet was stayed with God because in the old covenant, when the nation left God, the prophets were the ones that were loyal, faithful. They stood up for truth, righteousness, holiness, and, and, and walking with God. When the nation backslid and left God, the prophets were faithful. That's the nature of a prophet, to be loyal to God, loyal to the things of God. And it really breaks a prophet's heart when people are disloyal, backsliding, apostasy, when people walk away from God, are lukewarm, not loyal to the things of God, not living for God. That really will, will break and, and, and hurt a prophet because they're so loyal. Uh, sometimes prophets are considered too strict. You know, that's one of the major things people will say about prophets. You know, you're, you're too strict. You know, why don't you calm down? Why you, 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 you know, take it easy. Well, I, I'm not saying be legalistic and be too hard, but prophets do have a standard. Uh, they have a standard of righteousness. They, they just can't compromise. Prophets hate compromise. They don't compromise. They, they hate compromise. And um, uh, they're sometimes they're considered strict. But I want you to know that we need this kind of anointing uh, in our local churches. We need them in every nation, every city. This is a thing that the church needs because it's so easy for man and flesh to get off track. Remember that na- the nation of Israel left God only one generation after Moses' death. Joshua the elders, they lived, served God. When they were dead, Israel moved into apostasy. So we see this, it's the nature of man to sometimes very quickly get off course and even move away from truth, righteousness, holiness, and standards. So God has placed within the church an anointing that deals with that. It, it helps keep us on track, that confronts what needs to be confronted, that challenges that needs to be, what needs to be challenges, that, 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 that helps to Keep us loyal and faithful and passionate that brings us to repentance or deliverance or, or watches and praise. And these are the different aspects of the, of the prophet's ministry. And this is so needed, uh, in the church. And I want to encourage you, uh, to get a copy of this book, Prophet Arise. And, uh, everything I'm teaching is from this book. And we have a new, um, expanded edition that's coming out. Many of you ordered the original edition. Uh, the original edition was uh, uh, oh, a little over 100 pages, but the new edition uh, will be over 160 pages because we added some more in. And I'm so excited about this new edition, Prophet Arise, enlarged edition. Uh, I believe the, the cost is $10.99. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I'm, I'm actually signing the ones that are uh, ordering them at the beginning now. And uh, I want you to get a copy and read it. It will challenge you. Uh, it will stir you. And um, I will 
I will be so encouraged when I see people uh, that are that are moving in the prophetic. I'm going to answer a few questions. Um, the first one is how important is it for the prophets to uh, uh, let me see it for the prophets um, to reinvent themselves along the way, uh, meaning to become more people oriented in order that people do not uh, run from them. Okay, that's a good question. Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't like the word reinvent. I do like, I, I do believe that prophets, like any other ministry, uh, needs to continue to grow and mature. I don't think any ministry should become stagnant. I think that every prophet has to have renewal, recommitment, uh, rededication, um, uh, sometimes deliverance, adjustments in their own life. If they're not people oriented, they need to maybe, uh, uh, develop in that particular area. If they, if, if they're, if they're too hard, too critical, they need to, they need to develop the compassionate side, um, uh, and sometimes growing and maturing. Sometimes God deals with prophets very strong in their ministries and has them to grow, mature, and to add things to their ministry, uh, to step out in new areas, uh, begin to minister in different ways, uh, to grow, to read, to study. Um, never become stagnant in your ministry. It's always a growing process. Sometimes very young prophets can be very immature. And they can be too hard, too judgmental, operate in pride, uh, be novices, make mistakes. Uh, but then as they grow, especially if they're around older prophets, they begin to develop, learn how to, how to deliver the word correctly, um, how to minister to people uh, in different ways, how to handle certain situations, how to handle rejection, how to deal with disappointment, not to become bitter, not to become angry. Uh, one of the major pitfalls of a prophet is to uh, not to fall into pride. Because prophets see so much and they hear a lot. Uh, and remember Moses one of the, was one of the, was the meekest man on the earth. It's amazing. A prophet who walked face to face with God, it is called the meekest man on the earth. Sometimes prophets struggle with pride and uh, immaturity. And so uh, when, when you say reinvent, uh, it, I like the word grow, mature, put aside childish things, put aside mistakes, um, uh, make some adjustments in your prophetic ministry, learn how to operate uh, correctly how to deliver the word, how to deal with leadership. Um, I think that is something that continues as we go from year to year. You know, you can be in the prophetic 10, 20, 30 years, and still you're still learning. You're still growing. You're still learning the word. You're still being taught. You're still understanding things. So I, I want to encourage you uh, in that sense to reinvent yourself. Keep growing. Uh, get around other, other kinds of prophets, because sometimes there are different prophetic streams and different prophetic groups have different graces. And sometimes you get an impartation. You see how other prophets minister. You know, it's just not one way. Um, you know, don't get stuck in a religious box saying that, you know, we do it this way. This is the only way we do it. No, keep growing, keep expanding and, and God will bless you. And um, you'll find that, that you're mature in your walk with God uh, and in your release of the word of God. Okay. Um, let me see. Are there any, any more questions? Um, oh boy. If you, if you have any questions that I, did I disconnect it? Am I still on? Okay, I, I kind of went out of the. Okay, I, I'm, I'm not sure if I'm still. Am I still on here? Okay, maybe you can come and get my screen back up. My son, my producer's here helping me. Um, and I want to I want to make sure that I, I see myself and know. There I am. 
Okay. Sorry for that interruption, uh, that delay. Again, um, I want you to know that we're going to be doing this series, uh, probably weekly. I don't know how many, how many sessions we're going to do. We have a lot to cover. All of it is in my book, Profit Arise. I really want you to get a copy. Uh, just go to johnneckarministries.com. Uh, we're going to be talking about, uh, let me just talk about the things we're going to be talking about in this session. The making of a prophet. Uh, chapter one, chapter two, characteristics of prophets. Uh, chapter three, what moves the heart of a prophet? What stirs a prophet? What grieves a prophet? Um, what kind of atmosphere does a prophet need to live in? Chapter four, the rewards of a prophet. What's, what's the blessing of being around a prophet or being ministered to by prophets? Or what blessing do prophets bring to the local church? Uh, number five, chapter five, I have a chapter on Jonah, prophets on the run. There are many people running from the prophetic calling. They're running away. They know God has called them to be prophets, but they feel it's too hard. I can't take it. I can't do it. Uh, and then chapter six, healing and deliverance for the prophet. Uh, we talk about how many prophets need healing, deliverance, restoration. They've been hurt. They've been wounded. They've been disappointed. They've been rejected by leadership. Uh, they've been shut down. They've been muzzled. Uh, but I'm telling you, God has taken the muzzle off. And God is releasing his prophets, and his prophets are rising. They're getting delivered. They're getting stirred. They're understanding their gift, their calling. And I want you to be challenged, stirred. I want you to know your gift, your calling, and what God has called you into. And I believe that as a result, uh, you will grow uh, in the things of God. Okay? Um, let me see if there are any, any more questions. Uh, ask questions. I believe you, maybe this broadcast, you didn't have a chance to ask them. But in future broadcasts, we'll have a link. Uh, whereby you can go on uh, and ask a question. Um, uh, this is the first session of this new series, so maybe uh, you didn't have a chance to ask them. But write your questions down, and um, uh, or go to our web, my, my Facebook page, uh, uh, John Eckhart or Apostle John Eckhart, and um, you can uh, you inbox me and, and ask your questions. I'll be glad to respond or or get some teaching out on it. We do a lot of teaching on our on through social media, encouraging people around the world uh, to really understand the importance of, of, of the prophetic ministry. Let me just go over a few more of the characteristics uh, of a prophet. Okay, prophets, um, again, they're considered sometimes too strict. Prophets understand the severity of God. Uh, that's an area that we often don't talk about. God's severity, the result, the, the, the result of sin, rebellion, God's judgment upon it. It is a serious issue. Prophets believe in mercy, grace, forgiveness. They call men to repentance. They extend mercy, grace from God. But prophets also understand the consequences of rebellion, disobedience, and sin. It destroys your life. It wrecks your destiny. And so they understand the times when you have to make a decision. God is severe. God is a God of righteousness, which means he's a God of judgment. He will judge nations and people and even churches and ministries that rebellion, don't repent, and don't come back to him. And they understand the consequences, the severity, the judgment of God. And that's why sometimes they're considered too hard. You know, they understand that God's severity, God's holiness, God's justice uh, comes into play when men are rebellious and disobedient. We, we hear a lot about grace, mercy, love, and that's important. We need to emphasize that. We live under the new covenant, but there's still judgment, righteousness, and severity. And so prophets understand that part of God. Um, prophets are awake. I like that. They're not sleeping. As a matter of fact, one of their, one of their calls is awake from your sleep. You're sleeping. The church is sleeping. We're, we're not awake. We're not aware. You're not watching. You're allowing things to come into our territory, our city, our church, 
a region, awaken. Prophets really called by God to awaken the church. When the church is slumbering, sleeping, uh, not awakened, not focused, and the enemy is, is, is infiltrating and coming in, the prophet's voice, like a trumpet, will awaken the church, stir the church. Awake, don't sleep. Uh, awake from the dead, arise from the dead. You're sleeping. The enemy is gaining a foothold in our church, in our region, and in our territory. So prophets are awake, and they also awaken. Uh, prophets are concerned about the glory of God. Prophets love God's glory. They emphasize God's glory. They want everything done to God's glory. They love God's glory. They love God's presence. They hate when man takes God's glory. Amen. They never want to give glory to the devil, to man, or to demons or idols. They hate when God is not glorified. They want to see God glorified in a person's life, in a church, in a region, in a territory. They're concerned about the glory of God. That's one of the major subjects of the prophets when you study the prophets in the Bible. Prophets have sharp discernment. I call it radar. They discern things. They often have a very strong gift of discernment, and they operate very strong in discernment. They see things very clearly. They see what others don't see. Sometimes they wonder why everyone doesn't have that kind of discernment because they one of the natures uh, or characteristics or gift of a true prophet uh, is discernment. And we need discernment in the church. The enemy comes as an angel of light. He comes to, as a, a wolf in sheep's clothing. So we need discernment. We need to see beyond the natural, see the motives, the heart uh, of, a, of a people, of a people. And that kind of discernment makes the prophet very dangerous to the kingdom of darkness. One of the reasons why the devil hates prophets and often attacks them and fights them is because of their discernment. They, uh-huh. they encounter a lot of opposition Come from on now. And we're talking about, you know, the sufferings of prophets, the trials of prophets, what they go through because of there's such a threat to the to the, uh, the the kingdoms of darkness. Well, I want to pray for you and thank you for uh, tuning in to part one of Prophet Arise. And I want to bless you and again, encourage you again to, to write for the book Prophet Arise. Uh, go to our website, John Eckhart Ministries dot com. Order the book straight from our website. We have signed copies. We'll send out. I believe the book is 1099. Uh, it's, it's well worth the investment. Uh, so much that I, I'm not able to share in the teachings. You can get in the book and reread it. As a matter of fact, I, I encourage you to get a couple of copies. Share with someone that you know is a prophet or prophetic who needs encouragement. Because I found this out when you give out a book, you generally don't get it back. So it's good to have several books. You can keep one for yourself and bless your pastor, bless a leader, bless a prophet, bless a young prophet, an emerging prophet with a book. So Get several copies and pass them out. I know it'll be a blessing to someone. Father, I thank you for everyone that is viewing uh, this teaching. I pray for the prophets, the prophetic churches, prophetic people to arise around the earth, around the globe, in every state, every region, every nation, every territory. Let the prophets hear this teaching, this word. Let them be encouraged, stirred up. Let them receive an impartation. Uh, Lord, uh, heal them, deliver them, bring them out, encourage them, develop them. Let them be strong in their ministry, Father. I bless them. I speak grace. Faith, faith, favor, peace, shalom over every prophet, Lord, that is in listening to this teaching. I bless them and I thank you for them and I release it in Jesus' name. Amen. Don't forget to tune us in next week for part two of Prophet Arise. Thank you for tuning in and God bless you. God bless. If you didn't hear the beginning of this, I ask that you, if you have free time to go back and listen to the beginning, it will really bless you. Oh my God, this whole thing, I just, the Lord has just been dealing with me. I wanted to bring this back to our attention. And, uh, a lot of stuff that he said in there, I can relate to. He said that God calls most of the prophets when they're young 
I told you at the beginning of this that uh, I recognized that God had something, a calling on my life when I was five years old. Um, I, I recognized a lot of things and how he said the, <laughs> the enemy wants to, uh, you know, hates the prophet. He tries to destroy them. Oh yeah, that is so true. So true. The warfare is, uh, very in, intense. But um, I'm going to ask you guys to keep us in prayer, keep all the prophetic people in prayer. I want to play this song, and then we're going to close out. I would, I might be back later to play part two. But like I said, if you can like this um, episode and share, it just helps my uh, podcast platform move up on the list. There's like the top 20 list on Podbean. So I'm just trying to make it that way. It would be easier for people to come find me and easier for people to get the information out in Jesus' name. They have everything else on here, so that's just left up, you know, what God has for us. But I want y'all to listen to this real quickly, and then I'm closing out in Jesus' mighty name. So I hope this was a blessing to you. If it was a blessing, uh, put I, I have been blessed, and please share in Jesus' name.
Dancing and declaring for awakening Spirits are stirring In a generation that's longing for awakening
And I love you all. And please share and please like this episode. See you later on this evening.